Hello and welcome to episode number 28 of the Slow Home Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke McCallery, and um, I'm currently sitting in our bedroom drinking a beer with my husband, Ben. Beers for October. Welcome to October and uh, the spring for you Southern Hemisphere folk and um, getting well into autumn for you Northern Hems. I think you'll find it's called fall. Sorry. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, dear, oh dear. But, you know, I, I think they should change it to autumn. Absolutely. That's a thing that they have to do now. In this episode, I talk to Brooke, and that's all you need to know. But before we get into our hostful, um, I'd like to talk about our wonderful hosts. Uh, sorry, wonderful hosts. That's me. And that's you. <laughs> our wonderful sponsors at audible.com um, who offer over 180,000. At last count, I think it was 180,734 audiobooks. And this month is the recommendation, this week, um, the recommendation is coming from yours truly, and I'm recommending uh, Catch a Wave, The Rise, Fall and Redemption of the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. I am a Beach Boy, well, I think we both are, Mm -hmm. Beach Boys fanatics. I think we've seen Brian Wilson four times, three or four times, and the Beach Boys, so Mike Love and... Al Jardine twice, and then once, I think, together with Brian, which was the last time. Um, always loved them, and their story, you know, they're up there, obviously, with the Beatles and the Rolling Stones as the best band ever. Brian Wilson, such a tragic figure, and this book is beautifully put together by uh, Peter Carlin, who basically was um, around Brian Wilson throughout his almost in, his entire career and it's just uh, a wonderful wonderful story and a wonderful sort of biography of him and it certainly goes into some areas that are quite touching it's written by Bronson oh sorry um um it, it's it's actually narrated by Bronson Pinko or Pincho who ladies and gentlemen is Balky from Perfect Stranger? <laughs> it's actually it's actually a really good book. I read it. I didn't listen to it, but um, it's such a an in depth kind of look at the Beach Boys and specifically Brian Wilson. I, I found it really kind of a an emotional book, but it's yeah, I would highly recommend it as well. And the Beach Boys is so much better than the Rolling Stones. Debatable, but um, definitely top three. So there you guys go for this week. We recommend Brian Wilson's Catch a Wave. Now, um, we've had some great feedback on um, last week's episode. And for those that are still interested in supporting us further, we recommend you guys uh, visit patreon.com forward slash slow. We've had some donations and we're very, very appreciative of that and so if you're interested in supporting the show further uh, visit patreon which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash slow there you have it enjoy the podcast indeed
Well, hello, Brooke. Hello. It's great to speak to you finally. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to uh, our hostful for the month of Oct. Over. And like normal, we're going to have a couple of questions that um, Brooke has, well, you guys have written in to Brooke uh, via Facebook or through the um, blog. And we're going to answer these questions. We'll probably try and get through two or three of these today, like normal. And um, thank you very much for those that have written in. I know Brooke just put a shout out recently on, on Facebook and Alyssa Hayes has written in. Sorry? Oh, Alsa, sorry. Sorry, you're right. The uh, I comes before the L and may need glasses. Um, Elsa writes, I'm a stay-at-home mum of an eight-year-old and two-year-old. I struggle with school demands, our small farm and hubby working 50-hour weeks and always feeling exhausted. Do you have any advice on looking after myself while still meeting the other demands of my life? It's... um. It's really tricky. Like it, it's a it's an endless juggling act, I think, um, and it's one that there's not necessarily a go to answer for. But I think the fact that that Ailsa's asked how to continue to look after herself while still meeting the demands of others uh, is really important because she's like she's thinking about looking after herself so often. That just slips to the absolute bottom of our list of priorities, and we, you know, we we put it off, we put it off, we put it off, and we don't ever uh, get to to do that. And I think so. I think it's awesome. Like hats off for yeah, even for definitely. for considering the fact that she does need to look after herself. Because I mean, just speaking from from personal experience, that's something that I have have done quite a few times over the last few years since becoming a mum. Like I would just continue to put my needs at the bottom because I felt like I needed to. And that's, they're the times that, you know, I would burn out. They're the times that I would crash really hard. They're the times that I would kind of slip into, you know, a funk or start to slide back into that depressive feeling that I battled five or six years ago. Uh, So first of all, I think you're like, your head's in the right space. Um, and second of all, the last thing I want to do is give you a, a long list of to-dos because I think um, that can actually add more pressure to how you're feeling. I know that sometimes when, you know, even personally, when we're trying to improve ourselves or trying to, to change something, we read about it and we hear all these fabulous ideas. like And they're, they're good ideas. But um, when you kind of try and pick up the, this this list of suggestions and put them in your life, it starts to feel more like pressure than gentle encouragement. So uh, I just want you to know that what I'm going to say after this is not like a prescriptive list of things that you need to do in order to do it well, but rather, you know, a list of suggestions that can be slotted gently into life, I guess. So what... So what you're saying basically is um, it's almost like the, the fact that you're actually recognising that you need to take some time um, and look after, basically look after herself more is almost half the battle. Yeah, I am. 
And so the neck, so then it, it, so that's a significant achievement. And I think that that's, you know, uh, you ought to be rewarded for that. And so why don't you think about what you enjoy doing and think about ways of working that into obviously your extremely busy life. And, you know, that might not be this week. It might not be, you know, in two weeks' time. But start to think about what actually makes you happy and what actually makes you feel relaxed and recharged and re-energized. Yeah, and I think that's a really good suggestion. Um, I just some, – <laughs> I know that sometimes when I think about things like that, it seems um, – more oh, more taxing to kind of think about things in that way because um, it I got, I, oh, it's kind of I'm finding it hard to articulate what I mean like without sounding weird um, it's important not to put pressure on yourself uh, uh, um, as as these things being like a must do or you're not doing a good enough job of looking after yourself, I guess, if that that's my point. So, um, like Ben said, first of all, just think about what like – when was the last time or the last thing that you did or the last experience you had that felt like you were really looking after yourself? You know, it might have been going for a walk. It might have been meditating. It might have been doing some drawing or writing or reading or, you know, taking time on a Friday evening to have a glass of wine by yourself, <laughs> just as a suggestion. Um <laughs> You know, you just ask yourself what those things were and see if there's any opportunity to kind of slot them in to your time. But, I mean, on top of that, I do also think, uh, despite what I just said about, you know, hearing these these suggestions and, and thinking of them as a bigger to-do list, there are some things I think that will absolutely help, um, you know, give you more headspace, more mental and emotional energy which is for me personally sometimes that's that really is the battle like having that emotional and and mental energy to get through the really long days like it's hard ben works very long hours um and you know our kids are similar ages kind of both squeezed in between your two at six and four but uh it's really draining emotionally and mentally some days so there are some things I think that can really help with that. The first would be if it's at all possible to get up even five minutes before anyone else and just spend that five minutes um, of morning time just sitting and breathing. You can call it meditation if you want. You can call it a mindfulness practice. Um, when I first began specifically, it was just a, f- a matter of me sitting on the lounge and breathing um, you know, really intentionally. So I would breathe in for three, hold for three, out for three, hold for three. And I would do that for two to five minutes. And while it seems really inconsequential, it made a massive difference to my headspace. Just, I just got through the morning without losing my head. I got through like most days, um, you know, I got through what can be a stress, stressful time of the day, you know, getting everyone up and out and ready uh, to go for the day. It just felt like I had more space. So I think that's one thing you can definitely do. And there are only a rare occasion where, you know, I'd wake up and, you know, you do your 
you breathe in for three and then hold for 60 and I'd have to slap you out of it. That was very rare. <laughs> Jokes. What's your second tip? Um, I mean, similarly, I think having a really, again, it's going to sound kind of silly and trite, having a good breakfast and a good start to the day is super um, helpful for me. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but our kids are going mental in the background. <laughs> They're supposed to be watching Willy Wonka and having a um, quiet movie time. But anyway, so I would also suggest having a good sense of humor. Um, but one one thing that really has helped, so it follows on from getting up five minutes before anyone else, just having that moment to kind of ground yourself in the day and then spending a bit of time getting your mornings sorted so I talk about having a morning rhythm um, and I think that that's really helpful because uh, for me, for example, it's it's just – it takes away the head work of the morning, which again can be a really stressful time. I know now because my rhythm is something that I've worked on, I've established, I've um, practiced for quite some time, I know what steps – you know, come after each other. I know what needs to happen. I don't need to think about it anymore. And once my morning's over, like once, you know, my daughter's off to school or whatever it is, uh, things have just happened. Things that need to happen have happened. And while that doesn't sound like it's very restful or, or, um, you know, rejuvenating, it kind of is because I just don't stress about it anymore. I find our morning's pretty relaxed, which is very different to how I would have approached them a couple of years ago. You know, I was always two steps behind and stressed and feeling like I was failing. Whereas now that I know that, um, you know, once, uh, if I can do, do certain things like getting a load of laundry on and hung out before I leave the house, those kind of things just free my brain up for time later in the day when either I'm feeling stressed, I don't have to feel quite so frazzled or, um, you know, I can spend five or ten minutes sitting out in the sun having a cup of tea. Um, a lot of people say uh, that they're not morning people. So, you know, I know that you encourage people to, to wake up that you know five, ten minutes earlier than everyone else or earlier than you'd normally. Um, can this? Could you do the same thing at night? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I just – I used to be a massive night owl. Like when we first got married, I, I mean it, to the point that it was actually really stupidly unhealthy – but that's when I would get my alone time. Um, I would stay up till two o'clock in the morning sometimes, and you know, I that that's when I first set up my jewelry business. That's when I did a lot of the work. It was kind of from ten p.m. till two a.m. And um, you know, I while that's not what I'm suggesting now, if people are more inclined to being night owls, then absolutely use that time. You know, you could. Instead of, of course, like your morning routine is getting stuff done, getting ready for the day, your evening routine might include something like journaling or doing a brain dump or um, most mornings I will do an exercise called morning pages where I have a workbook, um, just a lined notebook that is solely for this purpose. It's my morning pages book and I sit down and will say to myself I need to write three pages um, longhand, you know, with a pencil or a pen on paper, because I, I really like writing by hand, but I know a lot of people who do morning pages on a computer, whatever works. Um, but it's, it's simply a 
like it's a brain dump and a stream of consciousness kind of activity. I think it's Julia Cameron's The Art of Sway book is the first place that I um, heard about it. And it's amazing what comes out. Like it's simply to a point where if you have nothing to write, you will write, I have nothing to write five times until something else comes into your head and you write that down. So I often find that like the first page of my morning pages is about um, what I need to do that day or if I'm worried about something or if I need to pay a bill or you know go to the shop, that sort of stuff makes its way into the first page. And the second page, I can kind of see that my brain has loosened up and some of the deeper stuff starting to come out. And by the third page, I'm usually floored by what comes out. So that's something that you could do uh, either the morning or the afternoon, the evening, whenever you've got time. It's just incredibly um, freeing, I think, to to let that stuff out because we don't. It's kind of like mental clutter. We don't realize how heavy it is or how much it's weighing on us until we let it out. So that's absolutely also something that I would recommend. And you can do that in a in a grab of time. You know, you can do that in five minutes or ten minutes. What I also think is interesting, and I know that you've spoken about this before, is um, at the end of the day, writing out all the things that you've done during that day. And as a busy mum, you will be absolutely floored at what you've actually achieved. And then it goes back to, then you can review it, you know, after a week or so, once you've written everything down. I think it's extremely empowering too, because you actually recognise you know, how much work you do. <laughs> it might not help with the exhaustion though, but you actually then can see where actually you spending time and are you spending the time in the right places? Because you'll, you'll know, you'll know your priority. Deep down, you'll know where you need to prioritize and you'll know where you, you know, where you spend your time and whether that actually reconciles back with your priority. Yeah, it's it's actually a really powerful thing to do. It's um, a guy called Austin Cleon um, introduced me to the idea. He's he's written a logbook for years and has written about the process. And it to me, it for me, it's just as simple as keeping a little notebook in my office, and I will note down the things that I did. I mean, ideally, you would do it, I guess, in the evening, but I typically do it in the morning for the day before. Uh, but even just doing that to be able to look back over a month or two months or six months and see what you've done because I think sometimes in the day-to-day grind work, be it in a day job or at home looking after kids, you you forget how hard you work and that can kind of have an impact on how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your situation and the work that you're getting done every day. And I think to be able to... Um, to look back and say, actually, I, you know, I do get stuff done. I, I go, I go okay, is really powerful. So I think that's that's another really, a really good uh, thing that you can add into your day. Another thing, and I know it's it's cliched and it's you know overplayed, but I think that's for a reason. Is um, physical movement, exercise, getting kind of active. By the sounds of it, with a small farm, you probably would be. You've got that on lockdown, I would say. I mean, we've got a small veggie garden at home and even that is such a delicious kind of physical activity that, or delicious in two ways, I suppose. Um, so I think that that is really an important thing, kind of getting outside and moving physically and being physically active is really helpful as well. So even if 
um, if that's not ticking your boxes, I guess, in terms of um, feeling fulfilled, if you could add maybe some yoga or some stretching or whatever kind of activity floats your boat, try and add some of that in to your day as well. I mean, if you enjoy like a good kitchen dance party, which I personally quite enjoy, um, you could, you know, have a morning music playlist on Spotify and play that while you're getting lunches ready and, you know, sweeping the kitchen or whatever it is. Just start your day in that positive kind of mode. Like I've got a couple of playlists on Spotify that if ever I'm having a bit of a crap morning, I'll play them and you'll find me dancing around like a moron in the kitchen. But I don't care because it makes me feel happy. Um, so, you know, similarly, you could add something like that, or I would recommend if you like yoga, but don't have time to go to class, you could go try yoga with Adrian, um, on YouTube. Adrian! That's the one. Uh, she's, she's... I love you, Adrian! (laughs) She is lovely. (laughs) And her, um, yoga videos typically go for like 15 to 30 minutes, uh, yeah, so if that's something that you'd like to do but you just don't have the time or the capacity to get to a class, then maybe you could try and, and you know, move that in. And I know after saying that I'm not going to give you this huge long list <laughs> – and this is not a, like, to-do list. This is a list of suggestions, different ways that you can kind of bring, yeah. um, you know, bring activity or mindfulness or health or whatever to um, to your morning. So – I hope that is some kind of helpful list of suggestions. If not, please feel free to let me know. Like, Get on Facebook and say you completely misunderstood my question. Um, but also know that I would strongly suggest you're doing an awesome job and you should, you know, you should be really happy with, with the fact that you're thinking about yourself as well. Thank you for the question, Elsa. 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 Elsa? Sure. Is it? Elsa. Yeah. Uh, the next question comes from Travis, who's written also through the Facebook Facebook group, uh, Slow Your Home. Travis writes, Hi, Brooke and Ben. I enjoy your podcast and have become inspired by the latest podcast to start budgeting. I must admit, it's a bloody good podcast. I have a question about simple living and social activities. When I'm by myself in nature and spending a lot of time meditating and reading, I find it very easy to have a slow life. But when I talk to friends, a lot of the times they want to share more stimulating, expensive and and social events. For example, going out, dancing, having a bite to eat, going to bars, going to concerts. Um, But... Travis says that he's really not interested in those type of activities. Travis says, I've been able to initiate some mindful events like starting a meditation group and inviting friends over for dinner at my home instead of eating out, but I still find it hard to go against the grain of mainstream culture and find people who are more interested in living a simple, mindful life. What recommendations do you have for building a slow living social network? How do you work with friends who aren't interested in the same type of lifestyle? Good questions. Such a good question. Such, such a good question. Um, and one that I think is quite common. I don't, I don't think I've seen it put as articulately as Travis has put it, but it's something that so many people will come up against as they start to make these shifts um, towards you know, a slower, simpler, more mindful way of life 
They've got these friendships and relationships that go back beyond that. And it's really difficult. It can be really difficult when you're going one way and your friendships and relationships, people you've known for such a long time, are either you know not going in the same direction or, or actively going the opposite direction. Uh, I will say that we did we spoke on a related topic on a, a hostful a few months ago um, on dealing with like friend clutter. It's not it it was different, but it's definitely worth um, having a listen to. It was a um, I think his name was Tom, a guy who wrote in asking about those relationships that had gone in the opposite direction but were no longer serving anyone well, but people kind of held on to them for, I don't know, um, sentimental sake, for like the, you know, for the, the sake of just holding on. And, um, you know, we had some, some kind of, I thought it was kind of, we had some interesting things to say. But I think in terms of what you're doing and where you find yourself now, Travis, it's, I think you're doing everything right like something that bell said to me in uh, an episode a couple of weeks ago is that sometimes i think as we make these changes in our lives like we move towards minimalism or slow or simple we sometimes forget that we've had a great deal of time and headspace given over to these ideas like we've been thinking about them for sometimes years, months at least, and we've read books and we've read blogs and we've listened to podcasts. So we have done a huge amount of thinking on these topics and that's what has put us in the position that you know you currently find yourself, which is making these changes. When we introduce our friends to the idea, even if we talk about it a bit, we encourage them to read the things we read or listen to what the things we listen to, they most likely haven't given it nearly as much thought as you simply because that's not where they're at at this point in time. So um, I think the fact that you're introducing them to ideas like meditation or you know maybe going for a hike instead of going to a bar, that's awesome because what you're doing, like you're the person who's introducing them to these ideas. And like one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to be into it and do what you have done and continue to explore it and think about it and start to add different elements of, you know, slow living to their life or they're not like, and it's not for them. Both options are perfectly fine and you can maintain friendships with people who have entirely different philosophies in life. I, I do. I have a heap of friends who I think on the, on, on the surface, we would look like we had nothing in common. But that after, you know, you broach you breach that surface level, it doesn't matter anyway because they're my people. You know, we get each other, we have similar sense of humor, we have similar interests, whatever it is that, you know, draws people with commonalities together. Uh, it doesn't matter that on the surface of it we, we, you know, have different kind of philosophies. So I think the fact that you're introducing your circle of friends to these things is fabulous. And there's also absolutely nothing wrong with continuing to do the things that you enjoyed to do, enjoyed doing with them, providing you still want to. And if you don't, that's also fine. It just might mean that the relationships get redefined. Yeah, Travis does say that he's not really interested in those activities like going out and spending money and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know how old Travis is. I don't know um, where he is sort of in his 
life and whether you know he's got kids or a family or whatever but it could be a like a life stage thing as well like I, I must admit when I was sort of young going out and you know doing busy you're still young thank you I'm um, going out to you know restaurants and bars and you know that was that was a stage in our lives but then I think once we once we moved on from that and it was all about, you know, sort of saving and starting a family and saving for a house and, you know, I think it's a maybe a life start, cycle stage thing for, for Travis, but, you know, I don't, we don't know where you're at with it. But I will say that it's, um, it's inspiring that you, you're saying you, you want to go against the grain and, and introduce these new activities and, man, I dig that. That's awesome. You might get pushback from your friends on those activities, and I think, but I think you're in the right place. I think you, the fact that you're part of this Facebook group, I think that you're listening to this podcast. Um, not sure where you you live, but the this sort of movement is growing and growing and growing, and I think there's going to be more and more events and support networks out of out of that come out of this movement. Um, so it's just a matter of being aware of them, getting as much information as you can, and hooking into them. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, there's two that immediately come to mind. There's two um, groups of people who are starting to put on like kind of meet-up events. If you can hear licking, it's the dog. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not me. I'm not. <laughs> oh, go away, Cash. Go. There, there are two kind of organisations that immediately come to mind that are starting to organise meetups for people involved in or interested in simple living minimalism. So the guys from the minimalists, um, Joshua and Ryan put, uh, I don't, I I think it's more that they organize leaders who then organize local meetups. But if you go to, to the website, just the mins.com, you'll be able to find information about that. I'm sure you've probably heard of it already, but um, if not, it's definitely worth checking out because you'll be, just be able to connect with like-minded people in your area, in your local area. And similarly, uh, Joel Zaslovsky from Simple Rev, he uh, has he's, he was a guest on my show, one of my first guests actually. Uh, he also is starting to um, starting to to build these local Simple Rev groups. Uh, he's based in Minnesota and. Minneapolis. I always get them mixed up. I don't know which one's the state and which one's the city. All I know is Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that's the state. Yeah, Minnesota's the state. Yeah, Minneapolis is the city. Anyway, um, so he's based there, but there are also uh, lots of groups that he's starting to, to form around the country that similarly... You know, encourage meeting up in you know in person in like real life in meet space um, to to connect about simplicity, slow living, minimalism. So I would definitely recommend that you uh, that you maybe expand your social network to include those kind of those kind of groups, not necessarily to the the detriment or the loss of the relationships that you have, but like Ben said. There are times when, you know, your priorities shift and as a result, some relationships kind of just fade and that's fine. Like that's not anyone doing anything wrong. There will be relationships that stick around forever. But when I look at, for example, high school, I'm still kind of in touch with people from high school, but there's really one or two people who I'm still in a really close, 
you know, friendship with. And that, again, is just a sign of, of things shifting. And, um, yeah, I think that that's part and parcel. And the fact that, like you said, going against the grain is going against the grain. So there might be a bit of pushback. But if you're able to just stand and say, these are my priorities, this is why I'm doing it, then that's going to feel okay for you if you can always articulate why it is that you've made these changes that's going to hold you in really good stead, even if not to them, to you. The next question is brought to you by Ben, and uh, Ben writes or says, how's your health, Brooke? Because <laughs> oh, you have been quite um, ill for the last couple of weeks. How are you going? I'm I'm okay. Yeah, it's been about a month. Uh, by the time this comes out, hopefully I'll be even better. But it's been about like five weeks that I've been unwell. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting month. I'll put I'll say that. But I've had um, influenza, like proper influenza, not just a head cold, and um, pneumonia, which I'm slowly recovering from. But it's been intense. And I will absolutely say this, that it would have been an incredibly difficult month if it wasn't for my family and your family and you for, um, for picking up where I left off in, a, <laughs> in some kind of um, pneumonia-induced stupor. So, thank you, baby. No worries. Thank, um, Brooks actually had um, swine flu as part of that, so... Uh, Oh, we've had an accident here. So it's probably time for us to sign off. Our beers are finished. We thank you for uh, listening to us. So if you've got any questions that you liked, uh, would like answered on a future hostful, why not send them through either via the Facebook group, Slow Your Home, or on the um, blog, which is slowyourhome.com, and, and just leave a question in any of the comments sections, and we'll... Um, address it, or hopefully address it in a uh, up and coming hostful. We hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast. We do, yeah. It's I, I really enjoy answering questions. I do hope that it's helpful. So um, please feel free to to let us know if we either you know had anything at all to offer, uh, or if we missed the mark completely. And um, yeah, have an awesome week. Ciao, ciao. This has been another episode of the Slow Home Podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe via iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening.